typically I don't feel the need to absolutely put them on something because I don't want to mess with the immune system yet. I want to work synergistically with that immune system to calm it down. Now, sometimes people's immune systems are way out of whack and I do need to give them uh, some type of uh, a steroid medication or immunosuppressing medication for a short period of time while we're treating with the causes and then we wean them off of that. But the uh, I don't feel happy if I keep someone on an immunosuppressive medication. Right. That's not really treating rheumatoid arthritis in my mind. That's just a, treating the Band-Aid and not really fixing what's really going right. on. You're listening to the Integrative Medical Podcast with Dr. Jake, a licensed naturopathic doctor who will show you how to tap into your body's natural ability to heal your health issue and improve your symptoms quickly without harmful drugs or devastating surgeries. So pour some tea, get comfortable where you are, and enjoy this healing episode. Welcome back to the Integrative Medica Podcast with Dr. Jake. I am Teresa Marie. I'm a mom. I'm a health nut. I'm a wife to a cancer fighter. And I'm here with Dr. Jake to talk about the biggest root causes he sees in his office for rheumatoid arthritis. Dr. Jake, I'm so excited to be able to talk with you about this today. I see this all the time. So many people that I know have autoimmune conditions like this disease. Yeah, this is an exciting topic for me because a lot of people think that they can't do anything but take immunosuppressant medication. So it's going to be great to really talk about the true causes of rheumatoid arthritis and how we treat that effectively. I love it. And I think that's powerful because if you can actually address the root causes and actually heal yourself from these underlying root problems that have led to rheumatoid arthritis. Essentially, the rheumatoid arthritis will will go away on its own and you can actually get off medications that are lowering your immune system, keeping you having to pay constantly for pharmaceuticals and actually just covering up the problem. What I've learned is if you just continue to cover it up, the problem can actually get worse even though the you're covering up the initial symptoms. So, yeah. I, I, I think that this is just mind-blowing, life-changing information that you're going to be sharing with us today. So I know that you see uh, patients with rheumatoid arthritis. How often do people come into your office with this condition? How often do you see this? I at least have a new patient coming into me with rheumatoid arthritis probably every week or two. And then I'm having patients come in several times a week that I'm currently treating for rheumatoid arthritis. So it's a very common disease, unfortunately, and I treat a lot of patients with it. Now, when they come to you, do they uh, do they know they have rheumatoid arthritis? Uh, they found out they got a diagnosis from somebody else, and now they're coming to you going, "Hey, I, I want to actually heal this naturally." Or are they coming to you with with symptoms and problems, and then you you actually diagnose them? Majority of the time, patients have already been diagnosed. They've been given a treatment, and they really don't really like the idea of that treatment or they've read the side effects of that treatment to give they're giving them and they're like, there's gotta be a different way. Is there another way? So they're coming in to me for that. I do have patients that do come to me with certain symptoms and I do diagnose them with rheumatoid arthritis too, but majority of the time, probably 80%, they already have the diagnosis. So they're not feeling well. They're not feeling well from the rheumatoid arthritis. They're not feeling well from the medicines. Uh, they want to actually solve this problem and actually be free from uh, this disease. You start looking at, uh, immediately you start looking at what could be the root causes. So you, you take a number of labs uh, and there's typically about five common root causes that you look at because they show up again and again and again. Um, let's talk about the first one um, and that is leaky gut. What is this and, and how does it connect to rheumatoid arthritis? 
So yeah, we have leaky gut, also known as increased intestinal permeability. So what this is, is when your gut becomes leaky. What that means is it gets these little microscopic holes throughout your gut lining that allows certain substances to get into your bloodstream that aren't supposed to be there. Certain foods that aren't thoroughly digested or certain chemicals or certain pesticides, herbicides that are getting in there that aren't wouldn't be able to get in there as readily if it wasn't leaky. This thing goes into your bloodstream. Your body sees this. Your immune system sees this as a foreign particles and it gets revved up, overstimulated. And it goes and attacks these substances. And when your body gets way too overstimulated, it then can start cross-reacting with certain proteins. Like in rheumatoid arthritis's case, it goes and starts attacking the joints. The cartilage that is in there starts attacking all throughout. It could start attacking the wrists and the hands many times to start. It could go to the knees. It could go to the shoulders or whatever. This is because of this leaky gut syndrome that is happening. And there's a lot of things that could cause this. There could be certain medications or certain infections or certain other bugs that aren't supposed to be there could be in there causing this issue. So there's a lot of potential causes that poor diet will lead to leaky gut syndrome too. So it's a very common disease and it could lead to rheumatoid arthritis in, in many people. So when you, when you actually uh, do a, a lab and you discover that they have a leaky gut, I imagine then the next step is, okay, you have leaky gut. Now let's dig further. What's the root yeah, cause exactly. of the leaky gut? So, is it diet caused? Is it medication caused? Do you have, um, uh, you know, underlying infections and so forth? And so mm -hmm. then, and so it's, it's like a Pandora's box. I imagine that uh, other things that you have to look at, right? Definitely, for sure. So, and that's all these uh, some, uh, causes that we're going to be talking about. It's usually never just one cause. There's a lot of other, there's usually a lot of them going on. And many times there's at least two or more of these causes related to uh, your rheumatoid arthritis. So I wouldn't think it's just leaky gut for sure. Okay. So let's talk about some of these other possible uh, connections to leaky gut and then other interrelated um, um, yeah. conditions that can, that can cause rheumatoid arthritis. So you have SIBO on this list. That's still gut related. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that. What what is how is this different than leaky gut? What is SIBO and how does it affect the body's ability to heal from rheumatoid arthritis? Yeah, so SIBO or SIBO or small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. So what this is is not a specific bacteria. It's a whole colony of bacteria that can start taking resident in your small intestine. So a lot of your gut bugs are supposed to be hanging out in your large intestine. They're not supposed to be in your small intestine, but these good bugs can maybe start taking residence in your small intestine, and this could cause a lot of trauma and inflammation inside your gut. Also, there could be bad gut guys that aren't supposed to be there start taking residence in your small intestine, or it could start taking residence a little bit into your large intestine too, and that could lead to a lot of the issues we're talking about too. But what it is, is you have uh, this colony of bugs that aren't supposed to be in your small intestine, causing inflammation of your gut, leading to that leaky gut syndrome that we just talked about. Also, this just those bugs being in there are overstimulating your body piece. They know there's foreign material there. So it's going after to go attack these certain bugs again. And whenever we get this overstimulation of the immune system, it has the potential to cross react with certain proteins like the cartilage and rheumatoid arthritis case. So these are methane or hydrogen producing organisms. We do a test called a, a breath test, a, a small intestinal bacterial overgrowth breath test that we do. And we pick up to see if how much hydrogen and methane is made. And we make a diagnosis. If you have a lot of hydrogen or methane being made, we know you have small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And we prescribe certain natural substances and many times other 
as substances to be able to eliminate the small intestinal bacterial overgrowth to remove that cause from the, what's causing your rheumatoid arthritis. So when you're working on treating the the SIBO and then you've got the leaky gut and, and you're working on, you know, healing that gut lining and then also addressing what is actually causing the the lining of the leaky gut to even swell up in the first place. So you got to heal, but also like dig into what's causing that. Oftentimes, because it's dealing with the digestive tract, we're dealing with food, right? And you have another uh, root cause here for rheumatoid arthritis as food allergies. Can food allergies then affect the gut and, and lead to leaky gut? What else can it do that is actually causing rheumatoid arthritis? So a big thing, yeah, the food allergies are causing inflammation, leading to that leaky gut syndrome, also causing your gut to become inflamed, which majority of your immune system, we haven't really talked about that, is hanging out in your gut lining. So if you have all these issues going on with your gut, like you have the food allergies, leaky gut syndrome, SIBO, this will cause that, that immune system to be overstimulated and become really inflamed. And then that goes throughout your entire body and goes to other areas throughout your body. Food allergies don't just affect the gut, though. The inflammation also goes systemically throughout your body because you're eating a food that your body sees as a foreign substance. It makes a ton of histamine in response to it and other inflammatory cells start going going after those foods. So it's putting all this foreign particle in there. So let's say you're eating gluten that you have a sensitivity to or dairy, or maybe some people even have a sensitivity to apples or broccoli. You're eating this type of food and it's causing this inflammatory response throughout your entire body. Now, there are individual foods that I usually limit in people's diet that are dealing with rheumatoid arthritis too that are prone to be inflammatory even though you don't have an allergy to it. That's like gluten, dairy, sugar, corn, soy. These are things that are just pro-inflammatory by themselves that I usually take out of my uh, patient's diet. But I always... Like if someone comes in with rheumatoid arthritis, I'm going to see if they do have a food sensitivity and hundreds of patients I've treated. I haven't seen one not have a food sensitivity. So it's a very common thing that people with rheumatoid arthritis have is a allergic reaction to some type of food. I imagine that a lot of this is also like a, a vicious cycle where certain symptoms then just fuel more symptoms where maybe you had originally a couple of food sensitivities, but because of the inflammation uh, and its effects mm -hmm. on your body, it's now made you more sensitive and now becoming sensitive yeah. to other foods that you weren't sensitive to before. Mm -hmm. And the problem just exasperates. Yep. Definitely does. So you might have a gluten allergy and then you have 15 other allergies because of the inflammation that happened there. And the more, more you eat up a certain food, the more it passes by that inflamed gut and more potential allergic reaction you're going to get. So it's a, it's a vicious cycle. But I, I think that it can be hopeful for some people who are hearing this going, oh goodness, you know, what if I have all these food allergies? What am I going to be able to eat if I can't eat my dairy, if I can't eat my wheat? I love that stuff. And, you know, I want to give hope to you guys as somebody who's had a, a number of food allergies and autoimmune conditions and so forth. What I have learned is like, you might start off really strong at first with just cutting out all of the things that you have sensitivity to. But as you start healing that leaky gut and calming down the inflammation in your body, I've learned that there are some of those, not all of them, but some of them that I'm able to cycle back in and maybe not go crazy on every day, but I can handle mm -hmm. a little bit here and there without my body freaking out. But you have to heal first before you can start doing that. And then of course there are some that you can't, like if you've got celiacs or something like that, probably not a good idea to even have a little bit of wheat, but you know, with some uh, regular gluten sensitivities and so forth. Like for me, I can handle now, I used to have to be off gluten completely, but now I can find, I can have some gluten about every three days. If I go more than that, 
I definitely start feeling the effects and the histamine can affect my brain even. So I actually even notice the way that I think differently. Um, if I have too much sugar in one day, maybe a little bit's okay. But if I go nuts on the sugar for a day, the next day I'll actually feel nodules on my fingers. And then after I take about two weeks to detoxify from the sugar effects, the nodules are gone. So it's an interesting thing when you start cycling in and, and regulating what you're eating that your body is freaking out with. Mm-hmm. Okay. The next Let's thing on your list that you have <laughs> is chronic infections. Yeah. So chronic infections, huge topic there. Uh, and there's so many infections related to rheumatoid arthritis, but the two big ones that if I see someone with rheumatoid arthritis, I'm absolutely going to order all the time is I'm going to rule out Borrelia, which is Lyme disease. I'm also going to be ruling out uh, chronic strep infections because these mm. tend to cause these chronic inflammatory joint reactions. They specifically like to hone in and congregate inside your joints and be causing this inflammatory response. Obviously, these conditions cause all kinds of different issues going down throughout their body, but these tend to definitely cause just joint inflammation by themselves. So these are some infections that we need to go after, we need to take a look at, and we need to eliminate for you to be able to get over your rheumatoid arthritis. So sometimes the only cause of your rheumatoid arthritis is chronic Lyme disease. And all we need to do is to go after that and eliminate that. And that's, I guess it's not all you have to do because Lyme disease is quite difficult to eliminate, but that's could be the sole cause of what's going on with you. Interesting. Okay. The last one that you have on our list are toxins. And you've kind of already talked a bit about that with leaky gut, for example. You know, when the gut lining is inflamed, we naturally have toxins that already just come with our foods. They're often byproducts of, you know, the bacteria that comes along in our food, all sorts of things. But and then and then with the leaky gut, the toxins actually get they're supposed to be eliminated. But because the lining is broken and now we have exposure into our bloodstream, these toxins are now able to get into our bodies and start affecting all the other parts of our bodies. So that's one way that you've already mentioned um, Mm -hmm. how toxins affect our bodies and lead to rheumatoid arthritis. What else can you share with us about toxins and how they affect uh, rheumatoid arthritis? Again, this is a huge broad topic when we say the term toxins here, but uh, there can, this is including herbicides and pesticides and heavy metals, chlorine, things like that. These are things that will cause direct damage to your gut lining, also leading to leaky gut syndrome. They could also destroy the good gut bugs hanging out in your gut. And when you do that, you're not having the symbiotic relationship between your immune system and the good bugs in there. And that's a big problem. But these can these substances can directly attack many things throughout our body, but they can actually congregate and attack inside our joint linings and our immune systems get stimulated into that and go after and start attacking the joint because of those these toxins. So the mercury or the lead or the herbicides or the pesticides or the chlorine that you're eating or the food dyes or whatever could be causing this chronic inflammatory overstimulation of your entire body. So people with autoimmune disease like rheumatoid arthritis, their immune system is hyperstimulated, and then they just start becoming sensitive to all kinds of different toxins that are foreign to the body. And we have all kinds of these type of things throughout our lives. So everything we eat or drink or smell or whatever uh, we put in our bodies or put on our skin, they have toxins in them. But when your immune system gets overstimulated, if you keep on 
eating these things or drinking or putting these things on your skin, your immune system's not going to calm down. So you need to remove, identify what toxins causing an issue, remove that. And that could be a big piece of uh, treatment. And always when I'm treating rheumatoid arthritis, I always like to do some type of type of detoxification protocol because I know everyone has these toxins in them and their body's not going to calm down if we don't get them out of there. And that's what I think is really important is to recognize is that there's no way that we can completely escape exposure to toxins there. Mm -hmm. it, 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 it's just, you can't do it. So, you know, there's two things that really want to do is see by these labs, which ones are you, do you have an, a, an abundance of yeah. in your body that you can eliminate, mm -hmm. do your best to reduce your exposure to those toxins and then help your immune system and your body be able to naturally and healthily detoxify often so that you don't get a buildup of some mm -hmm. of these toxins that eventually mm -hmm. lead to uh, autoimmune conditions and so forth. So that's very, I think, essential to know. And so if someone were to come into you, uh, they have rheumatoid arthritis, uh, they can expect that you would do a screening of um, these types of root causes and then and create a treatment protocol after that where you would help them heal from any one of these um, as part of their treatment. Do you also, in your treatment, for somebody with rheumatoid arthritis also provide, you know, include steroids or these traditional medicines alongside eliminating these root causes? Or do you just not even use that as part of your treatment plan? So it depends on what's going on. So if someone has really full-blown rheumatoid arthritis, they're many times already on type some type of medication. So I usually keep them on that medication. And when we start treating these causes, calming down the immune system, we're able to wean them off their medication. But let's say they come into me without any of that. Typically, I don't feel the need to absolutely put them on something because I don't want to mess with the immune system yet. I want to work synergistically with that immune system to calm it down. Now, sometimes people's immune systems are way out of whack, and I do need to give them uh, some type of uh, a steroid medication or immunosuppressing medication for a short period of time while we're treating with the causes, and then we wean them off of that. But the uh, I don't feel happy if I keep someone on an immunosuppressant medication. Right. That's not really treating rheumatoid arthritis in my mind. That's just a, treating the Band-Aid and not really fixing what's really going right. on. So um, it seems like that's more of a bridge uh, if needed mm -hmm. um, as mm -hmm. you start working on healing it. So for anybody who happens to be listening to this episode and wow, they are super excited to be able to see that they could actually heal from rheumatoid arthritis uh, and they want to see you, they want to start working on identifying what is their, what are their root causes, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, visit our website, integrativemedica.com, find our phone number there, uh, call the phone number, talk to our receptionist, and she'll set you up an appointment with me or one of my other great doctors, and we could do this in person or virtually. And we made sure to put that link uh, in the description box below to uh, make that easier for you guys. Thank you so much, Dr. Jake, for your expertise. Mm -hmm. For everyone else, we will see you next week. Hey, Dr. Jake, thank you for your time today. And if you enjoyed the show, then do us a favor and leave a review. It helps more people to find the show, which could save their life. And remember, this is a podcast and should not replace personalized attention from a medical professional like Dr. Jake. If you or someone you know has been diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder, cancer of any stage, or a life-changing illness, visit our website today and schedule a virtual appointment with one of our doctors who can lead you to a treatment plan in your area. That's integrativemedica.com. 
integrativemedica.com. Thank you for listening to the Integrative Medica podcast with Dr. Jake. To hear past episodes and get alerts for the future, subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform and be sure to follow us on YouTube as well. Just search for Integrative Medica with Dr. Jake.